Welcome to another episode of Product Thinking. I'm Kyle Evans, and this week we are talking about learning from Zillow, a lack of focus and long-term thinking. So if you've been following the news recently, you probably noticed that Zillow recently shut down Zillow Offers, its algorithm-powered home flipping division. Um, This has been super interesting. If you're unfamiliar with this type of technology, let's do a quick overview. So there are many companies in the iBuying space. These are startups or large companies that buy and sell homes, quote unquote, instantly. Uh, Hence the I in iBuyer. And iBuyer will make an offer for your home based on its assessment of market value and thereby cutting out the long process of selling. Other companies like Open Door have been doing this since around 2014 and Zillow entered the fray in 2018 with Zillow offers. So these companies then do whatever work they deem necessary to get the home ready to sell and list it. Essentially, large-scale flipping operations. So Zillow announced at the beginning of November, uh, just really a few days ago, that it would be pausing home purchases through Zillow offers, laying off 25% of its workforce, and taking around a $500 million write-down on the business as it works to offload thousands of homes for which it overpaid. So that's a little bit of the overview. How did Zillow get here? So much of the home buying business for iBuyers is based on algorithms. Uh, You know, they're very much relying on the technology to power their business and to power this type of buying process. At the beginning of 2021, Zillow offers wasn't aggressive enough, uh, especially in a hot housing market. And so they adjusted their algorithm to be more aggressive, bidding higher and higher as the market was continually heating up. So what happened? As the market began to cool, Zillow found themselves overpaying for houses in the second half of 2021. Uh, According to Bloomberg, I'll quote here, it's become clear that Zillow misjudged the housing market, making more aggressive offers just as competitors, open door technologies and offer pad solutions were growing more cautious. So ultimately, the volatility proved too much. Rather than continue to try to adjust its process, Zillow opted to exit the iBuying market and close Zillow offers. So what can we learn? That's what we're here for. What are some of the lessons from Zillow offers? There's a bunch and much is being written currently about this entire fiasco, if you will. But first off, one of the things I take from this is a real need to focus. Uh, For almost all of its history, Zillow has been a real estate marketplace. It has had broad appeal because you can get information on home prices and values, something that many of us do, even if it's just for fun. Uh, If you're like me, you have periodically checked Zillow for uh, prices in your area or other areas. You can also create and browse real estate listings, and get connected with real estate services. This has been the bread and butter. With Zillow offers, Zillow moved to become a market maker and also became much more of a risk taker, less less by choice on that second part though. They wanted to essentially facilitate transactions and take a cut 
of the profit, which frankly is something potentially needed in real estate. You know, real estate is extremely illiquid and takes a long time to buy and sell. Though, whether iBuyers will end up solving this or exacerbating it is still an open question in my mind and probably in a lot of our minds. But regardless, uh, Zillow was caught in two worlds and never seemed willing to focus sufficiently. It is great to expand into new businesses, especially when you have competitive advantages, which Zillow seemingly did, but ensuring you do it right is critical. With the fallback of its core marketplace business, it's possible or even probable that Zillow didn't feel the pressure to focus intensely on its new business unit. Uh, As Ben Thompson discusses in one of his daily updates, uh, quoting from him, what is also worth noting is that Open Door has two more advantages that come from being a startup laser focused on home buying. First, while Zillow started with a Zestimate tool, and was about attracting customers at the top of the real estate funnel, and thus only ever had to be directionally correct, Opendoor knew from day one its entire fate as a business rested on its model's accuracy. It's definitely plausible to imagine its accuracy being much better as a result. So many of us have been in situations like this. Though probably not as large or extreme, our companies want to invest in a new feature or product or opportunity but aren't willing to fully commit, either through investing uh, in enough people to create the product or enough time to fully see it through. Which leads us to the second takeaway, uh, having a long-term perspective. I've written about taking the long view frequently and link to a couple of those notes in this week's newsletter. So the first one, taking the long-term view is literally what I call it. Whether it's building a meaningful business or exploring the unknowns of space, we have to have a long-term perspective. Uh, Quoting from that note, uh, space exploration has generally been about long-term thinking. It takes a long time, speaking in terms of our software-driven world, to plan and execute missions that send robots or rockets or probes to other worlds. And the payoff is extremely uncertain. You fail a lot. So this was talking about the Mar, the most recent Mars mission and all of the failures that led up to that. So take a look at that uh, note, of course, link in this week's newsletter. And again, in another note, planting trees, you can see this is a theme that I care very much about. Quoting from that, the tree can't win in that type of environment. A tree is a 10-year investment and so few companies have the vision or willpower to see that far ahead, to understand that success isn't just about immediately increasing sales or increasing stock prices, but about creating something meaningful that will last. It's about planting a tree that will turn into a mighty oak. The long-term view is something that I've admired about Amazon, despite its flaws, is willing to make big bets that won't pay off immediately, but has the fortitude to see them through. Zillow, for better or worse, had a few rough quarters and decided to shut the whole thing down. Uh, From the most recent earnings call, quoting, uh, we have been unable to accurately forecast future home prices at different times in both directions by much more than we modeled as possible, with Zillow offers unit economics on a quarterly basis swinging from plus 576 basis points in Q2 to an expected minus 500 to minus 700 basis points in Q4. Put simply, our observed error rate has been far more volatile than we ever expected 
possible and makes us look far more like a leveraged housing trader than the market maker we set out to be. So that was uh, from Zillow specifically in their most recent earnings call. You know, they were projecting, I believe, uh, 200 basis points of volatility in either direction and seeing more like 500 to 700 basis points, which again, definitely puts them in the risk taker category as opposed to the market maker. There is something to be said for the complexity of housing and for the willingness to shut things down that aren't working. I totally get that. But can you tell if it isn't working after a few months, especially at this scale? Uh, What is the ultimate vision driving you or your business? I suspect for Zillow, the answer is something like to post better quarterly earnings and increase the stock price. And some will argue that's what it should be. But if that's all you're doing, will you ever be able to do anything meaningful? In product, having a clear long-term vision is critical for success. We may have to make adjustments along the way for what is working and what isn't, but we won't be thrashed around by a bad quarter or a few bad metrics. If our goal, for example, was to create a frictionless buying and selling process for our users, we may have some lessons from the volatility in the housing market, but certainly wouldn't give up because of a poor quarter in earnings or results. This is the kind of difference between an Amazon approach where you're looking at, you know, a 10 year horizon and, you know, apparently a Zillow approach where, you know, if it's not working after a quarter or two, we need to close it down. Product thinking is about a holistic long-term view for our features, products, and companies. And that is a huge part of the difference. So that's the second lesson. Third and finally, art and science. We have to acknowledge that much of what we do is as much art as it is science. Even with all the data, Zillow was unable to reasonably forecast home prices or even put together profitable offerings for flipping. As Nima Shabazi states, and hopefully I got that name right, uh, in an article on CNN, It's one thing to build a model on a website that's often reasonably accurate. It's another to then try to use that model in the real world to make very costly bets and to do it at scale, Uh, (laughs) putting some serious skin in the game. So additionally, there are many factors that go into home pricing and many intangibles. Certain buyers may value hard to quantify things and many sellers may understand that. It's difficult to create variables for those in an algorithm. As NPR's Planet Money discussed recently on a podcast episode, there is often a problem with lemons and lemonade uh, in this type of scenario. Bad houses, the lemons, may make good sense to sell to an iBuyer, while the good ones, the actual lemonade, make more sense to sell directly to another potential homeowner who is willing to pay top dollar and cut out the middleman. So all of this is to say that data can't make all our decisions for us. It's true in real estate, and it's true in product development. Data can point us in the right direction and inform our decisions, but we need the human touch still. So I personally won't be losing any sleep over Zillow failing at house flipping, but there are a number of lessons we can learn from their failure to create great businesses and great products We have to focus, think long-term, and understand it's as much art as it is science. So that is this week's discussion on learning from Zillow. 
and the lack of focus and lack of long-term vision. I add a couple other uh, good links in this week's newsletter. Uh, the first one, Product Thinking and Delivering Value in Software Development, a conversation with Mark Taylor. This is a podcast episode that I did recently talking about embracing product thinking as a product development team and organization and practitioners and how that's key to creating great products. Uh, we also talked about adopting a product mindset and how that comes through education, experimentation, communication, and constant improvement. And we explored how to shift mindsets, where project thinking fails, and a whole bunch more. So check that podcast out. The link, of course, in this week's newsletter. And the second article I, I post here, what would dogs be without humans? Uh, this was a really interesting read um, and an interesting thought experiment. Uh, we've asked our dog this question, you know, what would dogs do without us? You know, we've lived together, humans and canines, for anywhere between 15,000 and 40,000 years. And currently, according to this article, this surprised me, there are around 1 billion dogs in the world, and only about 20% are pets. The rest vary from free range to feral. So what would happen to all the dogs without people? Uh, probably a lot of things. And that's what makes the thought experiment so interesting. So check that one out. Finally, where did all the public bathrooms go? Another article. You know, we were discussing this question recently regarding how many delivery drivers are out and how difficult it must be and how much better we should do as a society uh, regarding access to basic facilities uh, like public restrooms. You know, we've personally experienced this issue when visiting new cities as well. It can be way too difficult to find a public bathroom and it shouldn't be that way. So check that out. A very interesting long read on the history of public bathrooms. Uh, so that is it for this week, this week's episode and this week's newsletter. You can of course find it all at productthinking.cc and subscribe to the free fortnightly newsletter or you know uh, upgrade to the paid version if you want to help support uh, this podcast and uh, the newsletter as well you can find me on social media at kyle larry evans on most places and we'll talk to you again next time <laughs>